Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29. This is the podcast where we talk about the Word of God and how the Lord wants to bring transformation, renewal, hope, and encouragement into our lives. By it, Mary, happy Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving week to you, too. It's hard to believe that it's Monday and was just a few shopping days before getting our Thanksgiving tables put together. Yeah, and boy, do we have plenty to be grateful for, oh don't my we? Gosh. All of us, I know. We want to thank you all, yeah. especially for all those of you who listen, especially those of you who, who pray for us, who cover the mission in prayer, who uh, reach out. Tell us what's going on. Let us know how we can pray for you. We just thank God for each and every one of you. We love you. We're, uh, we're always remembering you at Mass and just ask you a special way to, to pray for us this week as well. And, and we got a whole host of special people we want to thank as we, as we begin, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We do. I mean, with a grateful heart. So this last week, we were on a number of different missions. So we, we just want to thank Beautiful people, our friends in the Diocese of Columbus. We were there for an evangelization summit, which was such a blessing. And then we were down in uh, Florida at Ave Maria University with their students and their faculty and uh, the president and his chief of staff, Mark and Julie, who have become such a part of our family. That was glorious. And then we were in Cincinnati uh, with some beautiful friends where we had a chance to share a little bit about our mission and the rescue project. And then, Poor planning on our part. We should have gone from Columbus to Cincinnati yeah, instead we went from Columbus to Florida to Cincinnati. But nonetheless, we'll talk to our travel agent later. God was in all of that. And then we went north to our to the University of Mary to be with our friends uh, there, someone senior, James Shea, and the students, um, something like 1,200 students and faculty uh, and uh, staff we were with. That was a glorious time. And then we, we rounded out our, our, our time with the JP2 radio uh, in San Diego and El Centro. And every, every place we were, Father John, had such a unique grace and blessing for our friends and for us. And to your point earlier, we felt carried by your prayer. Yeah. So we were ministered to, yeah. just as we ministered to others. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful yeah. time. And we share that simply because it's... As we ask people to pray for us, it's so important for us to share with you, we think it is anyway, um, the fruit of what we've seen. And so thanks be to God, you know, with the exception of maybe Texas in the Northeast, we hit 9,500 miles worth of the country last week and just had a chance to see the great things that God is doing amongst people of all ages and all backgrounds. So thank you all. Thanks to all those who hosted us. Um, you and myself and Albert, we just had a, a really blessed time. And, and I'm, I'm grateful for the word that the Lord has given us, mm. both in his scriptures and I think the inspiration that he's given to you and me just to, to break open about his word this week as we head into not only Thanksgiving on Thursday, but the Feast of Christ the King on Sunday. And so what's our, what's our title today? Yeah, our title for today's conversation, Father John, is Grateful We Have a Shepherd. Yeah, let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, gracious Father, we're thankful that we have not just a shepherd, but a good shepherd who has come in search of the lost, who has laid down his life for us, who's brought us home to the Father's house. Lord, we just pray for all those that we are concerned about right now who are lost out in the wilderness, that is life apart from you, who might be stuck in brambles of whatever kind. But we thank you that you are even now looking for them. We thank you for the countless ways in which you've rescued us time and time and time again 
in this week of all weeks, fill our hearts with gratitude. Just uh, make deliberate and intentional time to look back in our lives and to give you praise and thanks for all you've all this we ask in Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, so the first reading for this coming Sunday comes from Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 11 and 12, and then verses 15 through 17. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. As a shepherd tends his flock when he finds himself among his scattered sheep, so will I tend my sheep. I will rescue them from every place where they were scattered when it was cloudy and dark. I myself will pasture my sheep. I myself will give them rest, says the Lord God. The lost I will seek out, the strayed I will bring back, the injured I will bind up, and the sick I will heal. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy, shepherding them rightly. As for you, my sheep, says the Lord God, I will judge between one sheep and another, between rams and goats. Thanks, Mary. So let's try to let's try to give a little quick context to Ezekiel, and then let's talk maybe a little bit about um, this topic of sheep and shepherds, which for most of us is, I'll bet at one and the same time, really familiar because we hear a lot in scripture and yet very foreign to us, at least from personal experience, right? So, so first the context. So the, so the beginning of this chapter is a strong condemnation of the leaders of Israel who are not acting as good shepherds, who are not caring for the people, who are not bringing back the strays, who are not you know, uh, binding up the injured. And then the Lord says here, I, I myself, it's, it's actually lost in the translation that we get at Mass on Sunday, as if to emphasize, I, I myself will pasture my sheep. So, okay, away with you people who are not taking care of my sheep. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do all the things that not only you guys should have been doing, but actually that you can't do, that only I can do. And so I think we want to remember that we want to read this passage in conjunction with Psalm 23, which is going to be the psalm for this coming Sunday. But I'll say something about that in just a moment. So that's just a quick word in the context. Here's the, here's the thing that resonates with me or that's been lingering with me as I keep praying with this passage. I think most people almost tune out. I do. I do. When I hear Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's like, oh yeah, I know this. Well, I know it because I've heard it a lot, but I don't think I really know it. And what I mean by that is, I grew up in suburban Detroit. You grew up in Kansas and then various parts of the country nearby. And so, and I know you love animals and you know a lot about animals. I had a dog. Okay. I had, we had a few dogs. I don't know anything about sheep. I mean, I don't, I don't even think I saw sheep at the zoo. Right. I, I think what most of us know about sheep is that they're cute, furry little animals. Yeah, and they keep you warm. But outside of that, most of us don't have a clue about anything about how they live, how they survive, how they eat, how they drink. None of that. Yeah, and, and it's so important. To and know maybe that we know that they're kind of dumb. You know, and and I don't mean that as an offense to God because God doesn't make um, 
everything God makes is good. They're but, not the brightest animal. Yeah, yeah. So when Jesus compares us to sheep, it's really not a very flattering image, you know, but it's, and, and we'll get to that maybe at the end, because it's actually something that's worth lingering with. So here's just a couple of things about sheep that really strike me. The first is, and this is coming from Psalm 23, where it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Beside restful waters, he leads me. Well, you know, until, I don't know, a set of years ago when I read a great book on shepherds and sheep, that thing didn't mean anything to me. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, I think I get it now because the big deal about restful waters is for some crazy reason, sheep don't drink water out of a stream that's moving. Maybe, I, maybe they're afraid by the rushing water. Who knows? Yeah, but I, I can't fathom that. So they can be standing by a river that's moving and they won't drink and they'll die. So they need restful waters. They need still waters. And I think you and I were talking before we started to record, we, we both came across something about the same time where one of the tasks that a shepherd has is to find in the middle of the night while the sheep are sleeping, really rich grass that's just laden with dew. And then the first thing the shepherd does is he, he, you know, he wakes the sheep and he brings them to that pasture where they sit down and they just eat the dew-laden grass. And if they do that first thing in the morning, they're content for the day. The whole day they have all the hydration they need. Yeah, they'll spend the rest of the day sleeping, just relaxing. And, and if they don't get it, what happens? If they don't get that, then they're searching all day for something to sate that need that yeah. they didn't get in the morning. And they're going to end up wandering far enough away and drinking from other places that might be dirty, muddy, yeah. infested, and making them sick. But in the process, in looking for that, which only the good shepherd, that shepherd can supply them, they go looking on their own, they settle for less, yeah. and they get sick. Yep. And I think that the point that we both heard from whoever was giving that presentation or that book was the analogy was made just like the sheep need to eat first thing in the morning, this rich grass. And if they will, they'll be satisfied for the day. So we need to start the day with prayer. Because if we do that, we're sated. And if we don't do that, we'll spend the rest of the day looking for nutrients, quote unquote, in all sorts of muddy streams. Such and a man, I can, I mean, I identify with that even as I'm talking about it. So, so that's one thing about sheep. Let me, just a couple other quick things about sheep. Sheep are absolutely defenseless animals. They can't run fast. They don't have claws. They don't have fangs. Um, they don't have quills like a porcupine. Uh, they don't have the um, creative strategy of a skunk. <laughs> they have nothing to protect them. And when they get lost, they 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 have they they have they they say they bleat like yeah. b l e a t not bleed, but they bleat so they cry out when they get stuck somewhere. Yeah, they just stand still. And they shake, start to cry out. Bleed, yeah. which of course attracts predators. Yeah, puts them in a really bad, bad spot. Like, I, I'm going to be your dinner tonight yep. if someone doesn't come. Yes, like, my it's like they, they ring their own dinner bell. That's exactly right. Like, oh, come and eat you. me. Here I am. I'm stuck. I'm lost. And I, I, I'm afraid, right? So a, a couple things about shepherds. Or maybe, maybe a couple things about Jesus as the good shepherd. So we, we hear a couple of stories in the Gospels, because Jesus is the good shepherd, right? He's the fulfillment of this prophecy in Ezekiel. 
But again, I don't think we get the point of the parable sometimes Jesus tells us. For example, Jesus tells us, he asks the question, what shepherd among you, having a hundred sheep, if one of them gets lost, wouldn't leave the 99 and go in search of the one? In fact, they, they show that scene in The Chosen. Remember that? And they get it entirely wrong. Because nobody leaves 99 sheep. They just cut their losses, right? Yeah, and because if you leave the 99 sheep, the wandering away. The ones who are at risk. Right, so, so only God does that because the 99 are the angelic courts. And we, as the human race, we're the one. We're the one sheep that's gotten lost. And God does what no shepherd would do. He leaves the 99. And he comes after us. And then he, he, goes, he goes farther than that. He doesn't just come after us and find us and put us on his shoulders and bring us back. He lays down his life for the sheep. What, what shepherd dies for sheep? That would make no sense. Now the sheep are totally defenseless because the shepherd's dead. But Jesus does that. Jesus dies for us. And in so doing, he destroys the power of death. That's going to tie, I think, immediately into Psalm 23. And then I want to hand this to you because I think what the Lord's impressed upon you in a particular way for what we can practically do to take away from these readings is just something I'm eager to go pray with myself right now. So Psalm 23. I think until recently, this is how I would read the, the beginning of this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But I don't think that's distress. I don't think that's distress because the only defense mechanism the sheep have is the shepherd. And so the stress is the Lord is my shepherd. In other words, like who's yours? And because he's my shepherd and he's the Lord, I don't have anything to worry about. I have nothing to worry about. Because he's all these things that Ezekiel has been the instrument to prophesy of what God's going to do and that Jesus has actually done. This is such a mighty insight, Father John. Uh, just this shift in emphasis. There was a line that said a few years ago, you have to put the right emphasis on the right syllable. I'm yes. thinking about that right now because um, we're talking about my shepherd. And this is what gives me hope. Yeah. This is what gives me confidence. This is what instills within me a grateful heart. Right. The Lord is my shepherd he's, and the Lord is unconquerable. He's good. He's merciful. He's just. He's righteous. He has no rival. He's defeated sin. He's defeated death. He's defeated Satan. Who you got? That's right. <laughs> Who you got as a shepherd? This is my Lord, my shepherd. I, I, I love it. And, and to your point, we have... We're, it, because it is so familiar to us, it just kind of just rolls off our tongues. And we really don't pray with that. The, the, the word of God is so rich. Every word matters to take the time to slow down and to look at each and every word and just allow the Lord to speak to you and minister to you in that time. So I love that. Such a beautiful, beautiful insight. So especially in this Thanksgiving week, mm -hmm. make this really practical. Like, what, What's the Lord saying to you? Like, what do we do with this? Or what can we do, especially in this week when we want to make time to give thanks to God, so as to let this word penetrate more deeply into us? Thanks, Father John. You know, I think there's, just, I think there's a couple 
things very particularly. And the first one really flowed from my prayer a couple of days ago as we were preparing to have this conversation. I was praying with Psalm 105, where, where we read, uh, remember the marvels the Lord has done. And there's something about calling to our memory um, all those places where um, God has rescued us. So for me, I went back into my mind's eye all the way back 20, 30, 40 years ago. And the Lord just started to replay moments in my life where he had come and rescued me from whether it was a bad choice, an ill-informed decision, um, situations in my life that he rescued me from through no fault of my own. But time and time and time again, this fidelity to looking for me. And, and I actually sat with the reality that I'm sitting here today, like in this moment with you, Lord, marveling at your relentless pursuit mm. of me, despite my stupidity, like the sheep, despite my willful, willfulness, my, my rebellion, um, my unpreparedness, my not walking deeply with you. Like, this is the good shepherd that we have time and time and time again. He reaches out for us and places us on our shoulder and returns us back to the sheepfold. And just how beautiful that is. So that's probably the first point. He's just remembering what he's done for us, remembering that he's rescued us. So even as you're describing that, I just want to encourage people. Like, I can see the Lord inviting us to just use our memories and see us like a sheep stuck in brambles in whatever that situation might have been or whatever those situations might have been that we especially should make time this week to give him thanks for and to see him like coming across the mountains and hearing our cry, our bleeding. Even if we weren't actually calling out for him, he knew we were lost. He knew we were stuck. And he came looking for us, found us, untangled us, put us on his shoulders, brought us home. So let's Let's make time to do that this week so that we can give him the appropriate thanks that he rightly deserves and, and remember his marvels. I love that. I, you know, Father John, you, you just said something here, and I hope I can say this right. You know, I think it's, um, you said something like, um, even if we don't cry out, he's still looking for us, which means, and I think it was um, Erasmo Maricacus who talked about as he was breaking open the gospel of Matthew, that Jesus is always on the lookout, on the horizon of our lives, with his hands over his eyes, scanning the horizon, looking for us, which tells us we're findable. We're findable. We're never so hidden from God in those days of darkness and cloud cover and the storms of our life, in those brambles that you just talked about, we're always findable. Blessed be God. Because as I looked back prayerfully in those moments in my life, I wasn't even looking for him. I'd wandered off into some muddy waters and I didn't even know I needed to be found. I, I pushed that, he was findable. I pushed that little button on my Apple Watch every time I lose my iPhone, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty routinely. And then I can hear it ringing somewhere. It's like God's got that button built into oh, all of us. And he just, like, he just punches it and he's like, 
here we are, we're crying, you know, <laughs> and he right. just immediately knows where to hone in to find us. He has, the, he has the greatest GPS system, right? And, and, you know, maybe one more thing around that one, you know, that initial takeaway is, and without being presumptuous, consider that he is going to go in search of the still. That might be later on this afternoon. It might be tonight. It might be tomorrow. Because we still have this inclination, this limp, to wander off, this predisposition to wander off. And blessed be Jesus, because of the sacrament of reconciliation, we can come back. Yeah, what's the line in the hymn? I'm prone to wander. Mm. Oh, I'm, yes. I'm prone to wander. Again, so we have this chance to be recreated and found again in the sacrament. And then maybe just real quick to, to tie up this, um, I think the second takeaway for this is, this is the caliber of shepherd. This is the caliber of Lord. This is the caliber of master. This is the caliber of the lover of our souls, which should give us great hope, especially for our family and our friends who are lost and they don't even know they're lost. And so just as the Lord has found me time and time and time again, rescued me time and time and time again, placed me on his shoulders time and time and time again. How can he not do this for all of those in our lives that we love so much? He's going to do the same thing, wants to do the same things for them, can do, will do for them. And this should fill our hopes with extraordinary, our hearts with extraordinary hope. Yeah, I love those. I might add one more if I can, which is, sure. you know, I don't remember if it's Augustine or Bernard, but probably all the saints, when they're asked, what's the most important virtue? Their answer is humility, humility, and humility. I think this, this reflection on the Lord as the shepherd and us as the sheep is a great opportunity just to linger with the reality of who we are. And, and what I mean by that is, I don't really, it doesn't matter what degrees we've got or what our credentials are or what our titles are, how much money we have or how healthy we are, how beautiful we are, where we live, doesn't matter. Here's, here's the honest, truthful, humble reality. You and I are defenseless sheep. Meaning what? Meaning we, we have absolutely no protection and no hope to fight against the wolf that is death and the wolf that is Satan. We can't win. We have only a shepherd to protect us. And we have one, thanks be to God. But I, th I would suggest, at least for some of us, I know for me, um, one of the things I'm going to do this week is just ask the Lord to remind me who I honestly am and who I am is just one giant need. I'm like that, I'm like that sheep stuck behind a rock who, no matter what the facades might be, um, I'm often shaking and bleeding, um, B-L-E-A-T, and crying asking the Lord to help me because I have no strength on my own for anything, quite honestly, and none of us do. But we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to, we don't, here's the, if we don't know the good shepherd, then we have to put up all sorts of fronts. But if you know the good shepherd, you don't have to worry about that. You can just be the sheep and trust that the Lord's going to, as you say, take care of your friends and your family and also take care of us. So this week, this great 
great week of Thanksgiving. Let's make time just to give him all the praise and thanks that we can possibly muster. Let's go back over this reading and over Psalm 23 and just linger with the marvels the Lord's done for us. And let's remember all these things are true. And because they are, do not be afraid. God is with you. And you were born for us. 